Grand final only comes but once a year, and once again, the VAC are in it. They're in the big dance, and you are here with us in the Brunswick Sharehouse Studios. My name is Jason. I am the co-host of the VAC Sake. Joining me are the boys in the studio. Uh, we've got a full compliment today. Uh, firstly, I'll welcome the man of the people, Buds. Welcome to the grand final edition of the VAC Sake. Get the VAC in. VAC, yeah. How fucking good was that? Vuck, 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 vuck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. I welcome the chief analyst of a buck's sake. Dave, after all your analysing this year, could you believe the fact that Melbourne Victory are in a grand final? Get the fuck out of here, Jason. <laughs> No, no, but uh, I'll take it, mate. I'll take it. Uh, you know, and I'll take a golden goal too to uh, <laughs> copy uh, Jean-Paul de Marinet uh, and his uh, antics, which we'll get to. But uh, yeah, look, fucking fantastic, absolutely fucking unreal. And we'll we'll we will uh, analyse all of that in a few moments' time. Joining us in the studio as well is a regular contributor to For Vuck's Sake, um, the man who uh, created the uh, was it Heist and the Hunter. The hashtag, hashtag for the grand final, yep. Heist and the Hunter. Rudy Edsel, welcome back to For Fuck's Sake. G'day, guys. The dance is big. It's fucking huge. Unfucking believable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Come on. We get a bit entitled, don't we, to these grand finals? It's great to be in one. It's uh, against all odds at this, at this time. Uh, you, uh, you get this when you're the big fellas. And yeah. it's, you know, it's not it. an A-League grand final without the fuck in it. No. Like, I'm sorry, Newcastle, but you don't know what's going to Bucking get you this weekend. I swear to God, your town is ours. Fifty thousand screaming oh, bucks. <laughs> There's lots to go through tonight. We, uh, we we took a little while to prepare this grand final edition episode of A Vuck's Sake. We are currently in the Brunswick Sharehouse Studios, where uh, I'm not sure if you watched the live uh, Facebook live show that Buds and I did. Uh, straight after the game, uh, we said we weren't going to do it if we lost, and then we got up and we won. Yeah. Oh, so the emotions are going up and down. Unbelievable. And down. Yeah, Memo Jason, it still stinks in here. Whatever you guys did on no, Saturday. No, no, so I was just able to really explain bad. that. So on uh, Friday of last week, we had a bit of a, an emergency in the Brunswick Sharehouse Studios, a bit of flood emergency, and uh, this whole place was flooded that you see around you. My bedroom is completely flooded, the, the carpet. Oh, dear. So Ooh. the smell you smell right now is that of mould because... Damp carpet. It hasn't been fixed yet and we're um, mm. talking with the real estate agents about uh, getting that all sorted out but sharehouse life jace yeah <laughs> it's not great this could be the the last episode no because we've got an episode next week i was gonna say this could be the last episode in the brunswick sharehouse studios as we know it but um watch this space who knows mm. big show on the uh on the horizon tonight we've got rodrigo vargas joining us on the line the uh the tough nut uh, defender from the 06, 07 and 08, 09 grand finals joining us on the line. Also joining us is David Keating. He is from the Jetstream podcast. We're going to get an insider's look at how they're faring uh, over in the Hunter. And uh, Rudy, well, you're here. 
you're the guest. You're also classified as a guest for this week, I suppose. I'm just part of the furniture. Yeah. Here, mate. yeah. Uh, we want to thank a patron that jumped on board throughout the week, which was Ben Blowers. Um, still great to see people joining uh, even this late in the season. Thank you to Ben Blowers. On your blowers. For, uh, on your blowers, mate. For jumping on board and uh, contributing. You can still contribute if you want to Patreon. There's not too many episodes left this year. I think it will continue into next year as well. So if you don't want to continue your Patreon subscription next year, cancel. <laughs> we're keep, we're keep Why are you rolling. telling people to cancel <laughs> Patreon? <laughs> I don't want no surprises <laughs> next year. Uh, music theme. I'll let the boys explain this because I didn't choose it. Who who chose the music theme this week? Uh, look, the theme was chosen by the man of the people, Battle Royale. But we made one, I hope, uh, amendment to his selections. We didn't want Angry Anderson two weeks in a row. Uh, so I, actually, I threw I, a track in there. I actually had to go off-site at lunchtime and I listened to the song that you um, yeah, it's suggested. It's about sporting heroics. No good. Oh. It's, it's by the Bronx, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's a, um, they're a hardcore band. Why do you, well, because there's a lot of, there's a lot I'm of, hardcore. There was a lot of screaming. Yeah, I'll bet there was. But oh. there's going to be a lot of screaming on the weekend when the fuck puts oh, the in the back yes. of the net. I swear to God. Yeah. <laughs> I tell you what, I wouldn't leave a fuck's sake without uh, Dave choosing an obscure song. <laughs> Let's get into it. You're listening to For Fuck's Sake. First sponsor of Vax Sake is Ambrosia Fall Designs, as seen on the block and married at first sight. Located in Tullamarine, Ambrosia specialise in weddings, functions, and corporate events. Ambrosia also offer floor workshops, which make great gift ideas. Book a consultation for your next event by calling Leanne on 9338-3609 or you can contact her online at ambrosiafolldesigns.com. Mention FES to receive a discount off your next booking. So we've got a game to talk about. A very good We're result for the Vox. <laughs> Melbourne Victory booked their place into their sixth A-League Grand Final out of what? Is that 12? 13? 13. 13. 13. Jeez, that's a Mate, good we're record. The, we're the fucking best. It's <laughs> a good record. Booked their spot in the sixth Grand Final with a come from behind against all odds result against the... Self-proclaimed best team in history, the Sydney st- FC. Still the best team in history, apparently. Still the best team. <laughs> Sorry, Arnie. Bad luck. I mentioned last week that this would be the one that we'd knock them off. The, the shine of Arnold's reign, you know, as it entered its last days, I reckon that permeated through that Sydney squad. And in extra time, you could see the desire that we had compared to them. It was just so obvious. And... Uh, Courageous, heroic effort from our lads, made even more special by the fact that A, we did it without Reese Williams, and B, Leroy 
had a fairly quiet game by his standards. They were off the pace, I think, for most of the night. They didn't score one goal. And as I said last week, the weather will play into our hands, and it did because on that surface, when the run was on, they couldn't run anymore. It's like they were running on concrete. Yeah. Sorry, they had concrete in their boots. They had heavy, wet socks. They were just slaughtered. That last uh, goal for Antonis, when you saw that it was typified, their whole performance, by the effort that Ninkovic put in and then the way that Brandon O'Neill bitched out of the run when yes. Antonis just ran off him and he just couldn't do it anymore. That just absolutely yeah. summed the whole night up. And on the opposite side, you had Costa still bolting to, to basically draw away another defender, which created the hesitation of, uh, I think it was Wilkinson in mm. the end. And, you know, and, and Terry took the chance. And, look... You know, are we going to talk about you know, just how much this game means in the grand scheme of things? Are we going to get to that later? Yeah. Or? We'll get to that later. Yeah, it's just go, incredible. I want to go back to the beginning. I want to take it back. To yeah, yeah. So I was going to say, this, is, this yeah. is going to be a hard one. To, this one you actually yeah. have to dissect bit by bit because yeah. so much went on. It was mm, a yes. devastating, beyond devastating blow oh. on pre-game when we're watching the pre-game um, thing going on. And... Reese Williams pops up on the uh, the Channel One um, or Fox Sports, whatever you're watching it on. Um, pops up on the uh, the coverage. Tough coverage. Yeah. Uh, pretty much done. His his injury, um, which <sighs> is a calf injury, we suspect. I believe. I think there's yeah, it was a calf. Achilles, He's done his calf, but yeah, the, not uh, his Achilles. The, the the calf. And I think you wouldn't find too many Vuck fans, even the the most diehard of Vuck fans, who would have thought that we could still pull out a win with uh, arguably a our second best player. Yeah. Been our second best player for the season. year. I said it, the improbable. Very close. Become I mean, impossible. The, yeah. the, the difference between them is, you know, uh, Reese Williams and, and Leroy George is very small. But having Reese Williams out pre-game was a devastating blow. Absolute mind. Absolute mind fuck. Uh, yeah, we, we, we haven't been able to score two goals against them in more than seven games. And then to have your best centre-back and arguably the best defender one of the best defenders in the league out is just... I didn't. I thought we were boned. I think we all thought we yep. were boned. And that's what you wrote in the uh, group chat prior to the game. I hadn't seen the news and I just saw two words, we're boned, and I'm like, what are you talking about? The game hasn't started yet. And then I was like, oh, no, I saw the news as well. And, yeah, it, it took the wind out of my sails because I thought, yeah, we were already going to be pushing shit uphill in this game. Yeah. But we uh, persevered and I, I think that the... Just the symbol of Kevin Musket gathering the uh, the players around uh, Reese Williams was was quite amazing and uh, unbelievable. Um, I think a, a message was uh, pretty pretty good. There's a bit of feedback here. Mm. Not great. Mm. Um, I think just rallying around the troops was a great sign of leadership from from Kevin Musket. Absolutely. Uh, and look, um, it, we we saw Deng move to to centre back. It was always going to be an interesting selection choice because Deng has been playing at right back, but I think it was obviously the right choice. We can say that easily now. But young Stefan Negro was thrown into the fire uh, and and given a start. And look, he started nervously. And boy, he had a mare of a first half. Things yep. didn't go his way. They targeted him, and unfortunately, that yeah. first goal for Sydney, the own goal, was off off young Stefan. Uh, I didn't think he would be able to recover from that. Um, he just got thrown into the fire and just things just didn't go his way. Mm. What I liked about Deng moving to centre-back was that with Donkey's new haircut, it kind of looked like uh, the film clip to Forgot About Dre. <laughs> <With Eminem. laughs> 
the bleached Eminem hair and next to yeah. next to Deng there. But that, I, I mean, Negro, he was yeah, it was a tough first half. He came right into it into the second half. I thought Brox was exceptional. Yep. Um, and really, uh, to be honest, the whole thing was predicated upon a a, uh, a display of brilliance from Valeri, Carl Valeri, but particularly Terry Antonis. Mm. Uh, Sino will pr- appreciate that hip hop reference. Uh, really. <laughs> uh, look, the the early chance by Costa, you know, he hit the he hit the bar, and 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 you know, Sydney managed to then bring it forward and go ahead through that own goal that we just talked about, and at that point. I think we all knew what was going through our heads. History was repeating. Just Same doing early it again. chance, and they capitalised. And our midfield just constantly kept turning it over. It looked yep. like it looked like it was a funny first half because for them leading and being up in Sydney and they're the greatest side that anyone's ever seen, the self-proclaimed greatest side that anyone's ever seen. <laughs> we looked like we were struggling a bit, but they kept leaving space open. There was just something about them that was off. Bobo was really quiet. Uh, Costa kept getting in behind. As much as Negro had uh, a tough first half, he was still getting a lot of the ball. Leroy was finding space. Bessart was working really hard. He was dropping deep a lot in the first half, but they were finding ball. We were just working them over. And then Costa Barbarouss did what Costa Barbarouss has done for the second half of the year. Got onto it, made space, and had a wicked shot. And it was, I yep. think, was it a deflected shot? His yep. first goal, yep. yeah. And it was just like, oh, there's, there's something about this that it felt different. It felt, it did. It yep. felt different. What felt different, and it, it was easier to see as the game evolved, was that during the week we heard that Kev was going to take some sort of a different approach, and I knew that from a personnel standpoint, the Reese Williams issue notwithstanding that it wasn't going to change much. But you could see that the decision-making of when to press and who to press and who to hang back off, it was quite obvious that we were going to reduce the space as much as possible for Ninkovic and for uh, uh, Mizievsky. So that basically ended up limiting the creativity for them in the middle of the park. And then, of course, we find our way nine minutes later, uh, Costa equalises and, you know, Antonis provided the assist. Mm. So he he was big Terry, he um he looked like he was well up for it against his old side and it was it was great to see. But once again, Sydney just looked flat. They just looked like they'd turned up thinking they were going to win. I think they'd consumed a few liters of their own bathwater. Yes, absolutely. Um, yes, I think Arnie had bottled some too to save yeah. for later. <laughs> yeah, he had. Um, he'd bottled some for it to to celebrate with his Coach of the Year award. Um, <laughs> Antonis just personally ran them ragged. That, that's the thing is. Uh, they've got this much vaunted midfield duo of Brillante and O'Neill, and then they've they've got all their Ninkoviches and whatnot. But uh, Terry Antonis just made all of them his bitch, mm. basically. He, I, I mean, we'll get onto it later. But is is there been a better performance in a victory jersey ever? That's... We were talking about this just before the podcast that, you know. From this game, Terry Antonis has probably taken on near-on legendary status as a result of this effort. Yeah. And Mark Milligan took that on as well. You know, the, dare we say it, the, the two former Sydney boys, basically, you know, as a captain, Milligan, title-winning, and now Terry's put us in the frame for yet another championship. Look, there was a... Um, in, the, in the last World Cup in Brazil, uh, the Italian football channel, Rai, R-A-I, Rai, got in a lot of trouble in Brazil. Oh, they hated them in Brazil because they put an ad of Christ the Redeemer looking over Rio de Janeiro in an Italian top 
on his back. <laughs> I think one of our graphic designer friends, your Arij Orange, or however you say that, yes. or Rev from Sud, should nice be orange. should be getting a Christ the Redeemer <laughs> over Melbourne with a Terry Antonis shirt on the back of him. <laughs> because Terry, Terry the Atoner, or Terry the Redeemer, where are we? Yeah. Where are we? And just amazing to come back from that. He was, he was in tears at he the end. He was in tears. You saw what it meant to him. And boy, <sighs> we talk about the cocksure ethnic uh, swag. Doesn't he have a good cocksure ethnic accent? <laughs> he does. He does. <laughs> so, I mean, let's talk again about some cocksure ethnicity uh, with James Troisi, who <laughs> in the 47th minute, after what was just some sublime build-up play, you know, obviously there was a turnover and Barbarossa's pounced, who found Barisha. And the Albanian Barisha's... salesman sold him some candy. Oh, he sure did. <laughs> every Every person in the stadium except for Bess thought he was going to shoot there yeah, yeah. the precision of the pass I reckon to I release could... James Troisi was excellent and just I reckon so I could calm. get off to that pass I reckon I could get off to that <laughs> when pass. You, fucking he, amazing. Knew, he knew that was that was a that was a pre-plan he knew he wasn't even looking and he knew Jimmy was going to be there that was so good like when yep. Fox did the close-up slow-mo and Barisha's just it's left his foot and he just he almost puts his hands up straight away. He just knows. And Jimmy's celebration Let's was talk about the celebration. It was, the half, celebration. it was, it was half Mizhevsky in front of the cove, but yeah. put his fingers in his ears and he said yesterday on the A League hour that he'd been planning that and there was a couple uh, was it was it after he heard you call him a bag of shit? <laughs> <laughs> Possibly, he goes. There's a few. There's a few meanings behind this. So. I think. I think the celebration is his adaptation of the whole shush kind of. I can't hear you in front of the cove yeah. kind of thing. Kind of with the um. Sorry, with the kind of Mijiewski. Kind of with the guns the, out. Yeah. yeah, with the yeah. guns out. It's, it's a. I don't know. And he probably does listen to the podcast. It was oh, a thing of beauty. It was it. a thing of beauty. And and look at the time. You know, we were watching that and we're thinking that's two goals. We've. And we're looking like the better side. And the Sydney uh, defenders looked forlorn. They were yep. just like, fuck. Mm. Oh, my God. I was, <laughs> my, my biggest worry was that we'd scored too early. Yeah. I would have thought I would have liked 15 more minutes and then not have to rear yeah. for 45. So let's take us to the, the, the final 30 seconds. Yeah. Emotions, what were you feeling? I, I just felt it was, it was coming. And as I said, I've, I've, I've been done a, done a few interviews in the last couple of days um, on Football Nation Radio and also the Jet Scene Podcast. But the, the best football teams in the world always find a way. And Sydney, as much as we bag them out, they have had the pedigree over the last 18 yeah. to 24 and months. And they always seem to get extra time in extra time. Yeah. <laughs> and a lot of it. It's, I was sitting there, my emotion was, what the fuck is there so much extra time for? Yeah. <laughs> so it didn't come as a surprise to me that they scored it. The way it the came way, yeah. was agonizing. Sickening. I, yeah, I think I busted my vocal cord screaming. No, I, like, no! I squealed. I, yeah, I was, yeah. I, Buds was animated here. I'd been, yeah. I'd been in and out of. I was at Clarky's joint out in Greensboro. I was in and out of the little lounge room, just like pacing, <laughs> like, just so tense because it's just, I just needed it to be over. There were blokes in this room. We had eight people over on Saturday night. There were blokes in this room that had their their flight booking ready mm-hmm. to go same here they were ready to press send <laughs> within 10 seconds they would have had a flight book to, to uh, Newcastle and then they had to scamper and yep. in many ways it probably cost a lot of people a lot of money because Jetstar or yeah. Tiger really fucking ramped up those <laughs> yeah. prices after full I time I had to keep the volume down because both the tin lids were uh, fast asleep and thankfully didn't uh, interrupt and also had the flights ready to go and, and just could not believe what had happened and again the cynic in me just felt extra time we've just taken off 
our three pen takers as well, or three best pen takers. And I thought there's no way back from here. This was the chance, and extra time, they'll run all over us. But of course, boys, the opposite actually happened. Yeah, for all of their talk during the week about being the you know physically stronger and fitter team, and she's Michael's always a bitch ass pussy, isn't he? Yes. For all that talk during the week about how they're yeah they're so strong and physically fit and stuff. He gets the, he gets the extra time. All their boys are getting treatment. Our lads are standing up, well up for it. Come on, and uh, and then yeah, we just we just stomped on them in in extra time. That's a huge response from our team. Like that's that shows some real fucking character to come back from that kind of gut punch, and the the response around Terry Antonis when he scored that own goal from the from the players was first first class. Like that was. That shows everything that Melbourne victory, that the culture that are developed behind closed doors, that shows how strong that bond is between the players. That's, because that's, they, they, they picked him up and they said, don't, don't worry about it, let's fucking keep going. That's a Kevin Musket team, though. Yeah. It's, I mean, for all we've said about Kevin Musket tactically being stubborn and that, there wouldn't be a better bloke to go to the trenches with. And yeah. I don't think there'd yeah. be anyone you'd want better to pick you up after a 95th minute. Yeah, how, how, you know, how dumb goal. our podcasts like 14 weeks ago must sound when we say <laughs> yeah. he's lost the dressing we room. Can only call yeah. it as we see yeah, it. He's as lost we the say. dressing room. There's, it's, there's uh, fractures in the certain certain players don't talk to other certain players, and that's probably true. Kev, uh, sorry, Bess probably still doesn't talk to Kenny. <laughs> but, Ken, but Kenny, but Kenny, 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 Matthew, he doesn't feel any guilt. Like Bess was so pissed, you could see that he didn't think he should be taken off. I didn't think he should be taken off. He was, well, yeah. was, once again, a, yeah. you kind of weigh up these things that Kevin Musket does he takes his three best players three best attacking players off before full time and you go in as a fan thinking well we're kind of fucked here yep. like we might hold on for penalties but once we get to penalties then we're really fucked I don't know about you guys here but where I was we were doing the sums like, who, who the fuck's going to take him like, is Lawrence Thomas going to take one like, who, who's on the pitch like prob- Valeri the form he was in I probably would have let him take, <laughs> take the oh, five, yeah. like, wow. and you know what I think um, Bosnich made the comment uh, about you know who are you going to back if it does go to pens, and he was without hesitation, Lawrence Thomas. He has been a rock, and we should dwell on Lawrence's game for Ten a moment. Saves. Unbelievable you, effort. You said, has there been a better Vuck performance than Terry Antonis the other night? I'm going to say, has there been a better goalkeeping performance for us? Probably than, not. Than Lawrence how about, how about when he made that, that big swat save off Mijewski and tried to chip him? It looked like LeBron smashing the ball against the boards <laughs> in the in the you know in the finals. Yeah, yeah, I know the one you're talking about. Yeah. Well, Lawrence was big in the 15 final series. So he comes big he in... came in late big, for Nathan Coe, the yeah, back, didn't he? Yeah. He comes big in big games. So it was, it was super. But I did... There was a... With a few of the boys here, um, they were saying, we're not going to penalties. Kevin Musket's doing the right thing. It's not Melbourne victory to go for the penalties. We've got to win it. We've got to win it. And it we did the same last year in the grand final too. Didn't want penalties. We went for the win. So, And now it looks like a masterstroke because we've got a well-rested Bessart, Barisha, Leroy George and James Teresi for the, fi- for the yep. grand final. Leroy yep. George did not have one more second in his no. body. No, he didn't. <laughs> he and was cooked. The way the referee was going for us, I'm, I, don't, I don't care. I want to say it. The refereeing was a freaking disgrace. It was disgraceful. Absolutely disgraceful. They had 24 fouls, no yellow cards. The only yellow cards they got was from when the fracas happened with... Mm. Uh, with our coaches, uh, and he was trigger happy, all too happy to give ours. What I think what Donicky got one for was just it was ridiculous. How did Luke Wilkshire go unpunished for that? He almost scything, scissoring from behind challenge on Chrissy on Thea Harris. It boggles the mind because he's hurt, and if he's he gets up for the yesterday. grand final, um, you know that'll be a miracle because 
yeah, he was he was in a bad way. They got all the they got everything given to them. Yep. Op, like opportunity wise, Roddy they was got, right. They got given goals. They got given more extra time, and they had the ref in their pocket all night. Fair play. They still beat them. We still beat them, <laughs> and that, that's I'm, I don't care. That's the greatest game. Yeah, let's get on one. that because greatest of all time. I, I'm. I'm going to call it. You've just it's, called it's it. No, there's no better. The context. Let, let's talk about the context. You know, yeah. we're, we're coming up against a side that have, in the last eight encounters, you know, wiped the floor with us. They've won every trophy of late. Their strongest side is on the park, and before the game even starts, our best defender isn't able to play. Yeah. Uh, injury time, own goal. You know, and we still somehow find a way. Greatest of all time. Greatest of all time. They're our number one rival too. Yeah. No matter how everyone wants to put the... Well, it's, it's come to that point now. Where we play, we play against them so much, so often these days in, in big games that I think Sydney have well and truly overtaken Adelaide as our biggest rival. However, Ooh, I still geez. reckon semi-final 2007 is the best game ever. No, uh, I've got to go with this one. Only because I was there, only because there was 50,000 yeah. Buck fans screaming their heads off as James Robinson got the header in. Context, probably better. Although for context and technique, as far as context like, for that, for that game, imagine imagine if Victory lose that 2007 semi final and they have to play in a away grand final in Adelaide, it changes. Might changes only win three nil. The, yeah, <laughs> changes the course of the buck. I think changes the course of the buck for many people. Yeah, no, that's fair. I, to, well, for me, it's this one. I just can't. The, the narrative, like you said, Dave, just so rich, and then just so many great individual performances. Bess, Costa, Thomas, Terry Antonis, as we've said. Drama. Just, yeah, yeah, just so much drama. It just goes to show that once they're... And I think the A-League, these final series have been great since the last round. The last round of the A-League from that um, Adelaide-West Sydney game when there was all to play for. Mm. When there's something to play for in this league, it's fucking great. It feels like... Um, How good has this final series been? Yeah, it's actually it, been amazing. It feels, like, so it feels like reward for the fucking shit we put up <laughs> So I listen to SEN every now and again on the short drive to the train station and... There was some bloke they had on, and they go, "Well, actually, uh, you know, this weekend the A League outdid the AFL." Yeah, you know, and comfortably, and it, it it was just incredible. Everybody was talking about it. We won't dwell on it too much, but you know, Riley McGree's goal, you know, it's up to like eight nine million views on FIFA, and like it's just been off the charts in terms of social media engagement. It's just been incredible. Mm. Um, for me. One of the reasons I think this is the best of all time is I was watching the replay. I was watching the A-League hour again. I felt just as sick when Antonis scored and just as emotional, uh, the own goal, and then just as emotional when he scored the winner. Last night I went out on the beers because Monday night's my Friday night. Today, I was this morning, I was driving home a bit hungover and, and a bit emotional, and they played, I was listening to the Fox pod, and they play the, just the audio, and it like brought tears to my eyes again. I was just like, <laughs> couldn't... <laughs> That's beautiful, I think I just couldn't help myself. I think someone on, 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 on Facebook or YouTube needs to replay the Terry goal, the winner, with the uh, Titanic, Titanic music. Titanic music. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm I've seen it. it hasn't been done. No, I think it has been done. I think, oh, it has, okay. I think Christian Pataco, maybe. Yeah, might yes. um, There was some very big drama. We're not going to talk about that just yet. Mm. We'll <laughs> leave that one for just Let's a moment. Say, no, there's no votes, because I think we're done. We've come to the end. Yeah, I was, I was sitting there the other night going, shit, we didn't do votes. I'm like, doesn't matter. Leroy's doesn't matter. Leroy's won it. Terry would have got three. Yeah. So now it's time to talk about some very big drama from that game in this week's Mehmet of the Week. Yeah, what do you do, you know? Um... When the moon hits your eye like a bigger pizza pie, that's... Mehmet Jurakovic. 
putting the ball at the back of the net. When the world seems to shine like you've had too much wine, that's some old Mehmet Djurakovic. There can be lots of contenders for this week's Mehmet of the Week. Uh, I'll give a few honourable mentions to Michael Zullo um, for the humble pie that he had to eat after oh, saying yeah. that uh, Melbourne Victory would capitulate and that Sydney were the superior fitness uh, team. And then he was the one that cramped up in <laughs> extra time. So that was fantastic. Uh, another shout out goes, of course, to Robbie Slater, who today was God. none too plussed about not being invited <laughs> to the uh, the War- Dolan Warren Awards. Yeah, and do you know the FFA actually said, well, actually, we did send an invite yeah. to you um, and you just didn't get it. So, yeah, you had a little whinge again. <laughs> God, Robbie, come on. <laughs> Was it sent snail mail or snake mail? Snake mail. <laughs> oh, zinger. <laughs> uh, but this week's Mehmet of the Week goes to our fabled uh, vice coach, was it assistant coach, assistant manager, Jean-Paul de Marinade. Yeah, Imagine and you know you. what? Cosy says Jean-Paul de Marini. I'm sorry, Cosy. De Marinade? It's, it's Jean-Paul de Marinade. De Marinade. As far as I'm I concerned. I keep going to de Marinade. Sure de Marinade? I'm just going <laughs> with it. I'm just going with it. I, J- I don't reckon it is. Anyway, JP. JP gets the member of the week, not because he slapped David Carney. No. In any ordinary time, you would get an award for slapping David Carney. Pay is fine. He gets the award because of his excuse, which was worse than the OJ Simpson defense. I thought it was Golden Goal. He must have thought it was back at the NSL in 1992. It's been 15 years. Let me take you back. Uh, do you know when the Golden Goal stopped being a thing? 2002? That was the last time the Golden Goal was used. In 2002, Northern Spirit was still a football club. Perth Glory finished on top of the NSL, 13 points clear, and Sydney Olympic won the grand final. A movie ticket cost $2. Yes. <laughs> That's a long time ago, Jean-Paul. Um, look, I admire his uh, attempt at creativity, but, uh, mate, come on. Nothing was better than the reactions to getting red-carded if you could lip-read. <laughs> JP's was great. And then, uh, is it Dean Anastasiadis, yeah, the yeah, keeping coach? Yeah. He points to himself and goes, me, what the fuck did I do? <laughs> <laughs> Which is actually true. I think he actually went on to be like a peacemaker yeah, in the whole scenario. I, I think, think he just, just grabbed the neck, though. I think just grabbed the... <laughs> Was it Carney's neck? Yes, that's okay then. Uh, I, I can't believe they got away with four matches. Yeah, well, I said, oh no, this is the thing that's they've got away with. Uh, they've got away with it. Yeah, here. if it was if it yeah. was local, they would have got a year probably. Um, but I think they've got beef since Newcastle days. Yes, ah. yeah. So I think uh, JP was mm. an assistant at the time that David Carney left the Newcastle Jets mid-season. Are you telling me like so? Are people in the A League having beef with David Carney? Yeah. Gee, that sounds that doesn't sound right. He's, is, he's such a conciliatory figure oh, who everyone loves. On a more serious note, this is actually a pretty big deal. It means Anastasiadis will not be warming up the keepers pre-game. So, Dave, do you think that matters? Yes. Yeah. John Paul will not be there at, as Kevin Muscat's brain trust on the day. It's actually a big deal, and they should both be ashamed of themselves, in my opinion. Ooh. Yeah. No, I, I agree. Just, I would have given him a year. If, I were the, if it was up to me, I would have said 12 months. Let's let's put aside the fact that David Carney's a dickhead. Um, th- this was just uncalled for, and they should show more restraint. And you know, it, it, I don't know how much of an effect this will have on match day come this Saturday, but in not having them there, I think, does play a part. So, yeah, not good. Fair what's, enough. What's the opposite of Mehmet of the week? Antonis of the week. I thought we. I think we said it was going to be Archie of the week. Oh yeah. When we first started playing this. 
Yeah. Okay. Maybe. Straight to the victory fans who are singing fuck off Sydney behind, like right oh. at the, <laughs> right where the. Yeah. And you could <laughs> see Archie was, Archie's actually turned himself into Archie a, was a decent <laughs> operator now in front of the cameras and you could just tell he wanted to just yeah, turn around and do the, do the it. arm bump. Yeah. What are you saying he's improving as a pundit? Yes. Oh, he is. I think he is. He is. Um, look, he's still. I think you'd only hear that from victory fans. He needs needs a verbal salad, but he just manages to get his points across a bit better. But I think he looks really good being next to Daniel McBreen a lot of the time. That's not hard. Yeah. The best best, uh, pundit... Scott Miller, the former yeah, Newcastle. Yeah. Yeah, I don't mind a bit of Scott Miller. Yeah. He, yeah, he, he was clearly right. auditioning for a job. Is he in the line for any jobs? Is he yeah, well, Wellington now, now seeing well, as John Paul will not get the Wellington yeah, job. <laughs> he's, uh, well, if he does, he'd be on the sidelines of the first uh, Mind you, why would you year. take the job at Wellington? The, yeah, I'm, I'm not convinced they'll be, be around. In the league. I'm yeah. not convinced they'll be around for the start of next season, to be honest. Maybe you can get a job with down at Matty Winley's mob. Maybe. Also, I've got to say, Sunday was the best day I've ever had on Twitter. Oh, I've never had so much fun on Twitter. Oh, so good. <laughs> just potting, just potting Sydney. Butt Sydney butthurt. <laughs> All right, well, uh, we'll leave it there. JP uh, is this week's member of the week, and next week is member of the year. Yeah. So, um, on social media, send us, send us who you think should be member of the year. Mm. Um, so the winners have been Giancarlo Galafoco, mm-hmm. first year, Tim Ooh, Cahill, yeah. and this is our third one coming yeah. up. So yeah. Yeah. it's uh, it's going to be a big week next week, exciting. So send through your nominations for who you think member of the year should be. Look, if you had one shot or one opportunity to seize everything you ever wanted one moment, Capture. Just let it slip. Yo. His palms are sweaty, knees weak, arms are heavy. There's vomit on his sweater already. Mom's spaghetti. He's nervous, but on the surface he looks calm and ready to drop bombs. But he keeps on forgetting what he wrote down. The whole crowd goes so loud. He opens his mouth, but the words won't come out. He's choking how? Everybody's choking now. The clocks run out. Time's up. Our next sponsor of Vivac's sake is the LIT services. For help with anything IT related, give Peter a call at 100 the L because at the LIT services they give a hoot. Now it is grand final week, so we wanted to bring out the big guns, and we thought, what better than to bring on a, uh, a championship winner with the victory? Um, so we got Rodrigo Vargas on the phone line. Roddy, welcome to Vivac's sake. How are you, mate? Good, mate. It's a pleasure to be on the Bucks. Haven't been on ever, so it's uh, great to be on a grand final week. Certainly. Now, you were in the uh, in the press last week in the lead-up to the semi-final against Sydney FC, stirring the pot a little bit, courting some controversy about Sydney FC and the refs. You must have been rapt to see the Buck boys enter into their sixth grand final. Yeah, absolutely buzzing. Um, we had a small little club function down at the Duke in the city and there was a lot of uh, supporters and members also there so it was a great night look a lot of uh, a lot of tension in, in the last few minutes but a fantastic result and you know everybody associated with the club is just really excited for the for the grand final on the weekend and you know hopefully another a, a fourth championship for victory Roddy it's uh, Dave here uh, you've played in three of these grand finals uh, I'm, I'm interested to know uh, how the week goes in terms of uh, managing the media expectations and the training for the boys uh, down at uh, Gosh's Paddock? 
Yeah, look, it, uh, the grand final week's really a, a time to really enjoy it and embrace the whole atmosphere. I remember my first my first year at the club, we made the grand final, and I really made a point of you know embracing the whole week and you know not getting too nervous, not starting to think about the game you know from from Monday because it's a long week and you really need to relax and and enjoy the week and and take in the whole atmosphere and. I'm sure Ernie and Muskie will be relaying the same messages to the players. Just really enjoy the week. You know, you've done the whole the whole year. Your preparations are there. Once it comes to uh, to game day, then you can start focusing and, and nailing down what, you, what you're working on. But you know, my my advice would be just to enjoy it and, and lap it up because it doesn't come around too often. Speaking of enjoyment, Roddy, uh, how much uh, how much enjoyment was had at the party after the 06 uh, 07 Grand Final? Oh, fair bit of enjoyment. There's a few things that we probably can't mention on here, but uh, <laughs> look, <laughs> winning championships and titles—that's that, what you play for as, as a player. And you know, the same is for for members and fans and the club. You know, we're all there, to, you know, to be at the big dance at the end of the day. And you know, with the win on on the weekend, Victory have really given themselves the best chance uh, to perform well and you know, and to win on the weekend. I think. You know, everybody was against victory, you know, leading up into the semi-final. And, you know, the boys have to go into the final with, with a hell of a lot of confidence, um, especially after losing Reese Williams. Uh, you know, Stephen Negro came in, you know, last minute and did a fantastic job. And, you know, I think the boys will ride the wave and hopefully win another grand final. A lot of us on the, the podcast and, and Melbourne Victory fans are talking about the win on Saturday night as being as, you know, close to one of the best victory wins ever. It has some parallels to the semi-final win that you guys had against Adelaide United, um, a last-minute goal um, coming back from, from behind. In terms of your own playing days, what ranks as your best, your favourite win, I suppose, um, during your playing days at Victory? Yeah, look, the the game you just mentioned would have to be up there. The James Robinson you know, last-minute header is definitely probably in the top two or three games. Um the emotion after that goal went in, um, and then soon after that, you know, Adelaide had a chance to score, and Michael Fia made a, a brilliant save. Um, that was, you know, an unbelievable feeling. The, the grand final when we won six 0 obviously was was a highlight. But um, in terms of emotion and the tenseness of the game, you know, that that semi final against Adelaide would definitely be up there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Roddy, I didn't know a mess here, Rudy here. Um, would you say with the boys this week it's important for them to to go out all guns sort of blazing like snarling and snapping like they did against Sydney or try and uh, get a foothold in the game against Newcastle who they probably don't have as clear a game plan against? Yeah, look, I think that's an interesting uh, question um, and really the only person that can give you the best answer is Muskie um, who have a game plan and and I dare say that they won't be trying to change uh, too much to what they've done all year. Um, it is a grand final. It's a one-off game. But what they've done thus far throughout the year is, you know, has led them to, to a grand final. So, you know, I wouldn't suggest they be changing too much. Um, having said that, it will be a, a very different game to the Sydney game. Hopefully conditions will be a lot, a lot better to play football. Um, and we all know that, you know, Newcastle are a very direct side. So... You know, they play from back to front a lot. So, you know, the, the Melbourne victory back four and the, the defensive midfielders will need to be on their game. Be honest. Did you think we were cooked when Antonis put their own goal in? 
Mate, the, the 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 Duke of Wellington was like a morgue. It was <laughs> it was destroying. As a as now as a supporter and a fan, it was it was you know it was really gut wrenching and it was soul destroying. And you know the the way that they picked themselves up and especially Terry Antonis because you know you, you couldn't blame him if he went into his shower and just you know totally was out of it. But to pick himself up and you know to carry on and go for a 50 60 meter run and to have that belief and resilience to go on with it and score the winner was was fantastic and i think like i said at the beginning of the show that's that's got to give the victory boys you know a lot of heart and a lot of belief that you know they, they scored two own goals so that's to come back from that and win a semi-final against you know apparently the greatest ever a-league team it's, it's fantastic a lot is going to be made this week of the uh, the master versus the apprentice ernie merrick versus kevin musket now you play the majority of your time at the victory under ernie merrick a little bit of time under um Mehmet Durakovic and Jim Magilton, but the less said about that, the better. Uh, Who was that the time, last one? <laughs> well, you've paid some time under uh, Mehmet Durakovic and also Jim Magilton, but I was saying the less said about that, the better. Um, uh, who was the last one again? Jim Magilton. But Kevin Musket was a, care- was a, a caretaker and also uh, an assistant coach for a period of time while you were playing. I just wanted to get yeah. the, the differences between Ernie Merrick, who's obviously cool, calm and collected, and, and Kevin Musket, who's obviously um, fired up. You had an experience as both of them um, being part of the coaching staff. What's, what's the differences like behind closed doors? Yeah, look, it's a, it's a good question because with Ernie, obviously what the majority of the public would see with Ernie is the 90 minutes. Um, unless you're in the inner sanctum and in the change room, you really don't get to see the real Ernie Merrick. Um, and he was quite a joker. He had a good personality about him. Um, and at times it could be very, you know, musket-like if you want, you know, angry and demanding and bossy. But like I said, a lot of people wouldn't have seen that. Um Muskie is just what you see is what you get, you know, passionate, you know, he wears the badge on, on his heart and, and he's always intense, he's always on it as a player, he demanded best and as a coach he's the same. Um, and both have had, you know, success as coaches, um, so, you know, there's no right or wrong way to do it, they both have their styles and, and thus far they've both been very successful, so, you know, it's going to be a, a very interesting interesting uh, game come Saturday night because, like you said, it, it is the master versus the apprentice, and I'm sure that you know Muskie has picked up a few things from from Ernie in his time as assistant, as he would have from Ange. Um, but he's, you know, he's combined all those things, and and he's got his own coaching style, and you know, he's got his own way of doing things as well. Roddy, you've spent most of your career playing as a central defender. Reese Williams has officially ruled himself out of the grand final. Do you think that? Uh, yeah, that's going to spur the boys on again to just dig deep and find something for for this game and try and win it for him. Or, or will the fact that you know he's not going to be around for this game and you've got a striker like Roy O'Donovan, you know, is that going to be too hard to replicate two games in a row? No, I think uh, it's a valid point. I think you know, as a player, when I was playing, if I came across that situation, you know, to lose a teammate who's for me been arguably the best defender in, in the league all year. Um, so disappointing. And, you know, there's a, there's a big part of the team that I'm sure will want to get across the line for Reese. Um, you know, for me, I, I don't know how he hasn't been caught up in the Socceroos. I think he's been been unbelievable. Um, so I do think the boys will have a little bit of extra motivation to go out there and, 
you know, and get a reward, not just for themselves, not just for the for the fans and the club, but, you know, also for Reese, who's been a, a massive part to Victory's uh, success this year. Before we get a final prediction for you, from you, I just want to know, um, some of our listeners might not know what you're up to these days. I think, you, are you still playing State League football? Are you involved with the, the Victory um, youth teams at all? Yeah, I'm I'm still playing. I'm currently running around at Danny on Thunder, the MPL. Uh, and I'm walking around on the ground now. Grant Brebner has been uh, nice enough to let me talk to you guys. So I'm, I'm uh, assisting him at the under-20s in the NPL with Melbourne Victory. So I'm still very much involved in the game I love and at the club I love and I spent, you know, most of my career at with Victory. So very fortunate to be involved uh, in the game. And just uh, as well, I wanted to ask, are you still good mates with Carlos Hernandez? I am. I still keep in touch with him. How's he going? Uh, uh, he's going great. He's uh, doing a bit of media back in Costa Rica. Every now and then he'll send me a, a WhatsApp or a voice message or a picture. And uh, look, he's, he's a dear friend of mine. Um, we've, we've had some beautiful times together. And I even tried to get him down to Danville on Sunday, but I think uh, it wasn't <laughs> in the budget. But we do keep in touch. <laughs> he, he follows the victory. So, yeah, it's one of those things that football does. It gives you good friendships. How's his English? Is it Would it be good enough to come on the show one day, do you think, on a, on a phone interview or something? <laughs> Uh, no, I think he's lost all his English. He probably oh, no. just uh, knows the words that uh, come out of your mouth when you make a mistake. But no, his English is uh, not the best. That's right. We'll get a translator. Yeah, we'll get a translator. Uh, <laughs> so we'll get uh, a final prediction for you. Are you heading up to the game at all? Or are you just watching it back at the live side at Etihad Stadium or something like that? No, nah, look, we'd, we'd love to go up. We've got a game on, on Sunday morning. So I dare say if victory win, we probably wouldn't make it back for the game. So yeah. we'll be uh, probably watching it down at the live side with with the thousands of fans and look I'm hoping for a very exciting game I think it'll be a, an open attacking game and uh, I think Victor will get up 3-2 Fantastic well Roddy thanks for coming on for Buck's sake tonight and make sure you thank Brebs for letting you come on um, he's a harsh bosh I'm, I'm guessing <laughs> he is, he's a hard taskmaster but uh, he's doing a great job here with the, with the young boys Cool well thanks Roddy thanks for coming on Thank you Roddy Not a problem thanks for having me guys grand final week so we're crossing to the hunter to get an opposition's perspective on the big match on Saturday night against the Newcastle Jets uh, we've spoken to him a few times before never on for luck's sake we've always been part of his podcast the Jet Stream David Keating from the Jet Stream hello and welcome to FVS hello guys thanks for having me on for the first time it's uh it's certainly under terrific circumstances in which we break that duck you guys must be absolutely stoked. I, I can't imagine you would have thought in your wildest dreams that you'd be here at, uh, at a grand final week. Absolutely not. Uh, I think if you had offered us, uh, as Jets fans, a position in the top six at the end of the season that we would have snatched your hand off there and then. But to be hosting a grand final, to be involved in a grand final and have the season that we've had, it's surreal to say the least. David, it's uh, Dave here, and uh, I just want to know, uh, the, the two men that have masterminded Newcastle's resurgence this season, 
Laurie McKenna and Ernie Merrick. Mm. Are uh, statues being planned uh, for these two guys, even if uh, you don't succeed on the weekend? I think uh, I don't know about statues just yet. They've uh, they can probably join the Griff Redeemer statue that we have planned uh, to go up on the top of the, the hill near the hospital. But certainly, I, I'd say regardless of how we go on the weekend, that those two won't be having to pay for a drink in Newcastle for the foreseeable future. So, how do you see your guys' uh, entry into the grand final against Melbourne City on Friday night? Obviously, uh, it's got the world talking. Riley McGree and his goal. Uh, yeah. But you guys, yeah, obviously, uh, you came back into it and you know forced your way into a grand final. How did you see your form coming into uh, to the match? Uh, you could probably enlighten me a bit further, being uh, victory supporters and having uh, experienced Ernie Merrick as a coach before, because uh, I've had it said to me that this is very symptomatic of, of an Ernie Merrick uh, team, where they once they've achieved what they can achieve and, and they're comfortable in their position, that they he sort of releases the pressure a bit, and I think that that's what we saw in the three consecutive games that we lost heading into the final round before we annihilated the Mariners. Um, it, it's our build-up has been good. Um, it's it's been, I guess, interrupted by some uh, unfortunate injuries to Ben Kanarowski and now Jack Duncan uh, heading into the um, heading into the finals, but that's been complemented by Glenn Moss and the return of Nigel Bugard. So our run-in has been good. Um, we certainly found our scoring boots, and I think that Ernie has found his best best eleven that that he can certainly see make make a difference in any game that we come up against. David asked Stephen Gargovich his season. Um, mm. it, it's hard to really... Uh, it would have been hard to predict that he would really have a, this kind of breakout season. But you, you've had so many excellent performers this season. If, have, has your uh, player of the season ceremony already happened? Or who yeah, would it you, has. It has. And who <laughs> won it? Sorry, bad research on my part, but I would have thought no, that Darkovich uh, has had a stellar season uh, commanding that midfield. Stevie UG actually won the oh, award player of, <laughs> yeah, player of the Year award uh, last year for the Jets. Um, you call him Stevie UG? That, that's excellent. Yeah, well, he's actually been anointed as Stevie UG when we had Joel <laughs> Griffiths on our, on our, I think it was our 50th podcast, uh, 50th episode of the Jetstream. Uh, Griffo was involved, and it was just as uh, Ugarkovich was starting to come through the club. Well, he'd been recruited by Scott Miller and, and came into the team and uh, Griffo anointed him as Stevie UG and it's just that's just stark. Um, well, we're hoping yeah, so, that uh, he uh, puts on a, a bit of a Stevie G type uh, performance right at the death uh, of the uh, Liverpool. Oh. So the old, yeah, something similar to that uh, happens on the weekend. Uh. <laughs> I'm hoping more maybe Istanbul or West Ham, West Ham FA Cup 2006. I'm a Liverpool fan as well, mate. All right. So. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, Dimi Petratus is the player that literally scooped all of the awards uh, this season. Members, Player of the Year, Player of the Year. Uh, equal golden boot with Andrew in a boot. Uh, so, yeah, it, it was Dimmy's year this year. But I, I think for those in the Hunter, they've seen something special in uh, Ugarkovic when he's been playing for us. And he, he's a player that, for me, he's he just looks silky in, in the midfield and with a good partner next to him. And no one could have predicted the transformation that Ben Kantorowski's had this year. Uh, he's They complement each other really well with the way that Merrick set them up. Um, if Stevie's on fire, the Jets seem to be on fire, and uh, that's what we've seen this year. Now, David, the 
the, the, the region of the Hunter started off as a really strong uh, A-League you know, region and, and obviously a lot of success early doors with that championship around about the, the third season of the A-League. But then just dropped off. What has this form turnaround done for football in that region? And it seems like it's revitalised it and obviously the, a great crowd last week and a sellout again uh, hosting a grand final. What's it done for just the region and, uh, and sport lovers in general in, uh, in Newcastle? It's really given a boost to the region because both of our national sporting teams, the Newcastle Knights in the NRL being the other one, have really underperformed in in recent seasons. Uh, we've picked up two wooden spoons and I think an eighth position the season before that when there was a, a little bit of a, a positive blip. So it, it's given us something to be proud of and, and get feel like we can get behind and support. And now the Knights aren't doing too bad as well this season, but the Jets' performances have really been capturing the imagination of the hunter. Uh, we've seen simply by the demand in ticket uh, for tickets uh, that the sellout that we have already uh, announced for this grand final, as to be expected, that everyone wants to be part of the Jets. Everyone wants to be on board and everyone wants to come and see what they're, what they're capable of doing. So it, it's, it's long overdue. It's given us something positive to talk about and something that we can actually start to... Um, recapture this strong sporting culture that is in this region because football is the biggest participated youth well it's actually the biggest participated sport in the Newcastle and the Hunter region so um, yeah it's an opportunity for the Jets to try and convert some possible fans into actual fans and, and get them uh, sign them up as members next year. So down to the game that's coming up on Saturday night. We're obviously travelling. Um, we'll be there, Dave and I, and also old mate Buds will be there on Saturday night. What are your thoughts on the game at large? I feel like we've been talking a, a little bit about it on the For Fuck's Sake forum about maybe Newcastle just content to be there, whereas Melbourne Victory, despite the fact that we did finish fourth and you know, we should be content to be there, we probably want to win it. Do you guys feel like that's your mentality as a fan going in or do you fully expect to win this game and would you be disappointed if you if you didn't that's a bit of a hard question um i certainly think that we are we are very we're not content to be there we're we're um we're certainly very happy to be there we're not taking for granted the fact that we've been there because we've been we know what the other side of it's like um we're, we're soaking up every opportunity that we can i don't think the team will go in with that mentality to the game they've set their goals and they've continually reset their goals they've had a lot of business coaches in to try and uh look at the the organization the jets as an organization and set what they want to achieve as a as a group not just the playing group but as a as a as a complete enterprise and i think that they will. They won't be expecting to go out and win there. Uh, win. It's a grand final. It's a, I think the game that you guys had on the weekend can show that anything is possible in finals football. Um, we will be. I think that they will be disappointed if they were not uh, were to be defeated on the weekend. The, the fans will be disappointed as well. But we certainly won't be uh, calling for Eddie Merrick's head as a result because uh, to have to have had the season that we've had, our best season ever. In terms of performances, it's just been an absolute wonderful roller coaster, and, and something that, yeah, after seven years of really tough performances, it, it's been something we've we've really savoured. If that makes does that make sense? It does, mate. It does, and to counterbalance some of that uh, 
Jace mentioned there's an expectation of, of victory fans to win it, but there's also a bit of a narrative here in Melbourne about, well, you know, if we do happen to lose it, um, at least it was to, you know, Newcastle and to Ernie Merrick, which it kind of doesn't feel as bad as... I'm against that. Against I'm against it. I want to beat Ernie <laughs> Merrick. not my narrative. Yes. <laughs> But yeah, and, and uh, that, that's that's right. That that's the right attitude, I think, to have. <laughs> You've got to go into a game of wanting to win it. Sorry to interrupt. No, no, you're good. Um, yeah, you've got to go into a game looking to win it. And the Jets, I get the feeling that the Jets are almost the feel-good story of the A-League season. Uh, they've played some really good football this year. They've played some not so great football at times as well, but they've, it's been effective for the games that they've had. Um, in in, in large but I think that these are the two teams that yeah there, there is all there is a, an element of satisfaction with where they've got to but there's also going to be an element of disappointment should they not come away with the the toilet seat at the end of the day so it's a funny um, it's a funny grand final this I think they're more balanced both teams are more balanced than people give credit for yeah it's it's been as, as an outside observer watching uh, Newcastle this season and I've watched quite a bit it's just been amazing to me to see how well you've coped with adversity along the way. You've lost yeah. so many players along the journey. And, and we're talking really important players, obviously, Vargas early on and then Roy O'Donovan and, you know, Naboo to a transfer fee. And, and you're, Boogs. Bugard, yeah. You know, we're talking absolutely pivotal players. And Ernie's just found a way to plug those holes and to keep that win ratio up pretty high, you know second best in, yeah. in the league so yeah it's going to be a superb grand final i can't wait to see how the teams come up against each other i think it'll be attacking it'll be relentless and yeah we're, we're pumped for it and and i don't think that there's that there's there's not a traditional real rivalry between both of our teams so i think that the atmosphere is going to be more of a celebration than a, a, a ferocious sort of um, vile atmosphere between the two supporter groups as well yeah i think that that both teams are very happy to be there. It's it's going to be a real celebration for, for the season in the Hunter, if, if that makes sense. Um, but I, I certainly don't think Ernie's the effect that Ernie's had on this this team can be underestimated because the core of the squad really is the team that came last last year. Um, you know, Dimi Petrados has had a massive influence on the team. So has Nikolai Topol Stanley. But Duncan Bugard, Katrumbus. Uh, uh, Boyitsa, Cowburn, Hoffman, you, you're rattling Ugarkovic, you're rattling these names off, and, and they're the players that didn't win a game for the last seven and couldn't score a mm, goal. To, yeah. they, couldn't hit, they couldn't hit water off the side of a boat. Um, so, yeah, it, it, it's it's remarkable the turnaround, and certainly nothing that we expected heading into that first game, let alone where we are now. Now, David, lots of Vuck fans heading up on Saturday morning, and they all want to know, because we don't go to Newcastle too often, they all want to know where is good to go after the game, win or lose, to uh, to have a few beers and celebrate, whether it be with Newcastle fans or just with the uh, the townsfolk of New Pe- uh, townsfolk of Newcastle. Where's good to go? What what the uh, the pubs and clubs that you recommend? Well, it uh, depends what people are after. There's a few pubs that are around the stadium. There's the Big Leagues Club. There's the West Leagues Club, of course. There's... Uh, a bit of a walk further on from that is the Lambton Park Hotel. The General Roberts is right next to uh, the West Leagues Club as well, and that's to the west of the city. If you want to head back into the city, of course, uh, a lot there's a lot of um, for people that are travelling or driving. Uh, there's a lot of traffic changes in the centre of Newcastle with the 
they're really revitalising the city, a lot of construction, and the building of a light rail network through the centre of uh, Hunter Street, uh, King Street, Hunter Street, yeah. So uh, there's some traffic changes that people should really be aware of as well, so it wouldn't be a bad thing to jump on it and check those out. But plenty of clubs in and around uh, the city as well, but heading more to the east, um, there's the Premier and I think the Sunnyside Tavern is the designate, generally designated away away pub for fans, which is uh, only a short walk through the back, and you come out and around the stadium as well. Um, after that, so it's yeah, there's there's plenty of options. I, I think though, uh, a lot of Jets fans will be heading to Wests because Wests are opening up a big room um, for for Jets fans to go to. Fantastic. Well, David. Thanks for, thanks for taking the time out today to speak with us on For Vuck's Sake. Usually I'd wish you the best of luck, but I wish you nothing but the worst of luck this Saturday <laughs> night. Um, just for, uh, for a plug as well, just uh, let the, uh, the fans know where they can get your podcast and the name of it. And uh, obviously for fans who are wanting to immerse themselves in A-League content for this grand final week, uh, yeah, the Jetstream podcast is one of the best around. Oh, thank you very much. Um, yeah, look, for those that are interested, we are the Jetstream. Uh, we're on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, generally at Jetstream Newey. Uh, if you want to find me, I'm at Jetterpool, J-E-T-E-R-P-O-O-L. Um, if you're interested as well, uh, you can find our podcast, newcastlefootball.net slash podcast, and the links are there. And we've also, uh, something I did myself was uh, a documentary over the over three years. I created a documentary which is a nine-part series on ten parts, nine parts, and there's a special tenth episode that covered the Jets, um, uh, the Jets 08 grand final win. Uh, and while it's not necessarily your uh, the victory team, uh, it, it's really interesting to have got the insights of 24 players, coaches, um, broadcasters from that time and that season that. You know, as a football fan, it's it's something that I wanted to produce and, and share with people. So it's called the Championship Chronicles, and you can also find that there. And, yeah, something for football fans, uh, one and all. Fantastic. Well, thank you very much, David. Thank you very much, guys. See you up there. Cheers. See you, David. The next sponsor of Vuxake is Hanson Migration. They provide immigration assistance. So if you, your partner, or your parents are looking to migrate to Australia, they can help by advising you of the best visa and help you navigate through the tricky visa application process. For a free consultation with a registered migration agent, give Nick a call on 044-994991 or visit hansonmigration.com.au to complete a free online assessment, mention FES, and get a 10% discount off their fees. Now, uh, a few tidbits before we look into the uh, the huge preview of the grand final. Uh, the Victory Youth had a 2-1 win against Eastern Lions. Um, I think there was a pretty decent goal in that game, or am I thinking about another game? No, um, I think that was it. Yeah. Yep. Was it... Uh, Vakitsius. Vakitsius and, and Waring. Waring. The goal scorers. And uh, Corey Brown, the... Mal- uh, the uh, 
the soon to be Melbourne victory defender, uh, the former the, uh, Brisbane Earth, Raw defender. Erstwhile Brisbane Raw yes, player. Yes, Erstwhile. Yeah. He's, uh, he's pretty much done, he's a done deal, so you'll expect that that uh, announcement that Corey Brown has signed on with the Buck probably in the uh, the weeks after the grand final, probably next week or the week after. Um, it's a ho-hum sort of a signing, yeah. but having said that, you know, we, we've had some good success with people that we've poached off Brisbane mm. over the years. Mm. Donaghy, Garrier. I wonder if our club... John Carlos Salazano. I wonder if our club's media team will be as good as Brisbane's in announcing Taggart at 6.45am this morning. <laughs> Prime time. Queenslanders. Yeah. <laughs> Got to get up to milk the cows, mate. Yeah. <laughs> they just want to slip it past Perth Glory, maybe, because it was 4.45 there in the morning. <laughs> like, let's just hope they don't see it, because they fucking... They lost their <laughs> shit. They did. They lost their shit. Tony Sage's Facebook yeah. post it was like a live journal entry from 2001. <laughs> like a 14-year-old girl. What do you say? He goes, oh, he gave us the, the, the two-finger salute. Well, I guess he, Tony Sage in Perth, they prefer the three-finger salute. <laughs> <laughs> Controversial. Um, let's look ahead to the big grand final, the big dance. This is what we've been waiting for: the heist in the Hunter versus Newcastle Jets, Saturday night, the fifth of May at seven fifty p.m. The Vuck, uh, uh, they finished the season in fourth position. We are on a too much, too much winning streak, kind of. We won one. We drew one. <laughs> <laughs> But we're in good form. Uh, <laughs> likewise, the Newcastle Jets, who are coming off an 8-2 win against the uh, Mariners in the final game of the home and away season, and then a win against Melbourne City in the semi-final to advance to their grand final, their first grand final at home, and their first in about seven years. Uh, the tail of the tape is not great at the, uh, the uh, Hunter Stadium for us. We have, I think, one one match of our last 11 or 12 or 13 or something ridiculous like that. Reese Williams has ruled himself out. Um, he's not going to try and uh, get himself up. Probably for the best. I don't want a half-cooked defender, even if even if it is Reese Williams. Yeah, he's officially out. Yeah. Yeah. Centre back is where we can actually cover blokes. Centre back. Yeah, well. and you, you can't carry injured players. You saw what happened with Jordi Boyce came in with back injuries and went down. Right. So. Uh, Jets have their own injury problems. Jack Duncan, their first choice keeper, has been ruled out of this match, meaning. Glenn Moss. Glenn Moss comes back Moss in. Glenn Moss could come up. back to haunt Give us. Yeah, look, and uh, Glenn Moss has got great sort of big game type experience because of his travels as New Zealand's keeper. You know, he's played quite a bit of big match sort of stuff. And, of course, as is always the way, former Buck's going to buck and uh, he'll probably have a good game, won't he? Certainly. Uh, Asian qualification is on the line for this as well. Oh. So um, so this this is something we need to dwell on because if we win this, we knock Melbourne City out of the Asian Champions League, which would be so sweet. Oh, it's almost as good as taking home the trophy. Oh. <laughs> now, how do they... How do they, how do they uh... That's going to burn them so hard because, yeah, the City Football Group overlords are so into this whole football business thing penetrate the Asian market malarkey. Yeah. This will burn them no end. And I think it drops Newcastle as well from a full spot to the qualification stage. Not sure exactly yep. no, no, how that works. That's, but yeah, that's correct. It is, yeah, so basically, Sydney get an automatic spot for being so finishing top. Either trophy yeah. gets automatic and then finishing second or grand final. Yeah, yeah. I had a feeling that was the way it panned out, but I'm glad you've confirmed that. Hopefully they don't have a repeat uh, of the Brisbane Raw debacle if that happens. Likewise with us, we uh, have we, we won't get half a spot at all. We miss that. That will be straight into the group. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what are our thoughts on this? Um, 
I there's some discussions on the Victory Forum uh, for Vuxsake.com. If you're not already a member, jump on. There's some discussion about this about should we be content with the fact you know we've had an up and down season. We finished fourth on the table. Um, in many regards, we pulled off an absolute miracle against Sydney. Are we content to just be there? Will we be happy just the fact that we got there, or should we, in true Melbourne Victory fan style, be only content with a championship title on Saturday night? Yeah, the latter, Jace. We we absolutely have to grab this with both hands. This opportunity. Yeah, you know, people talk about being content. We actually get nothing out of this if if we don't win on Saturday. Yep. There's there's no Asian qualification. There's no silverware for the season. This has to be has to be achieved. And in true Melbourne victory uh, fashion, everyone was kind of semi um, cheering for us on the weekend. Everyone's against us. Yeah. Everyone's against us now, and that's how we like to win. We, uh, we, we, this is a heist in the hunter. Hashtag heist in the hunter. Yeah. Uh, and looking at looking at the match itself, the two teams that will line up, I think we're very evenly matched. Newcastle play a very direct style under Ernie Merrick. I think our front third, though, when we're on song, uh, we should be able to score goals against their defence. I don't rate their defence that highly if we're able to get in behind and they will leave gaps in behind because of the way they play they had to start Lachlan Jackson on the weekend um, I think it right back and they haven't been able to, to have Kantorowski in the side he's been a, a massive presence next to next to Ogarkovic in the middle there so they're gettable they're gettable they at the back definitely they have done us twice up there this season I think one of them was that night uh, the FES live night I'm not sure yep. you'd, you'd remember it Dave uh, <laughs> what are you talking about <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's this This is tough I I feel like it's 50-50 purely because we're riding like the wave of emotion and momentum and stuff um, they, they do have a better squad than us but this is extremely doable one man that's going to be absolutely fired up for them is our old fan favourite, Daniel Georgievsky. Yes. Uh, he's got a big point to prove to our manager. Uh, our manager's got a big point to prove to his old uh, top man. So it's a master versus apprentice in the manager's state. Yeah. So many subplots in this game. You've yeah. just yeah. talked about a couple of them. Yeah. The Glenn Moss one. Glenn Moss will have Merrick us. So we'll be in that corner. So Moss is going to cop it off us for <laughs> the whole 90 minutes. Uh, who's going to take Demi Petrados? Because he was still... He was still pretty white hot yeah. in the match the other night. He's uh, been a shining light for them. Would you know that when we beat them at Amy Park, Carl Valeri had him in his pocket. Now, Carl Valeri's just had to play 120 minutes of football. He will have to come up for what could be Carl's mm. final appearance in Victory Colours. That's worth noting as well. I would entrust Carl Valeri with the role of having you know some responsibility of marking Dimi Petratos. Well, he's just knocked over Ninko and Nijewski, hasn't he? So yeah. you've got to give him first crack. At, I so, think um, Jimmy. Riley McGree's not going to score another free goal like that. He did score against us on that night of uh, FVS Live. Oh, he did too, uh, yeah. but the, the did guy, he? Yeah, 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 he did. Oh, okay. the, yeah, but the guy, the guy who keeps popping up for them, who seems to be dangerous, who's had a renaissance in his career this year, Jason Hoffman. Mm. He's, a, he's a bit of a weapon for them. Always seems to get onto the end of headers. Always be able to make space. Doesn't always convert them. But I, I can see him posing some problems for us he's as well. He's their version of Lee Broxham for us. You know, he's just a bit of... A Except bit, Hoffman scores yeah. regularly. <laughs> he's, he just finds a way to, to play a role. You know, Newcastle have had to plug so many gaps in their squad this season. They've constantly found a way through Ernie Merrick. And we talked about this with David Keating, you know, the, the resilience they've shown. Yeah, the heartbreak of losing Ronald Vargas the way they did at the start of the season. Then they lost... 
Roy O'Donovan for a long patch as mm. well. Then Andy Naboo and, and Bugard as well. Like they've just kept on going and they're going to be extremely hard to beat. And they've got some great players coming off the bench. So, um, Champ- Champness and Petito. Oh, yeah. Pato Rodriguez. He can seriously play. So can Ronnie Vargas. He's got a little bit of uh, a little bit of prick about him, Ronnie yes. Vargas, too. He's great. Uh, Joey Champness worries me a bit. He, his movement, I think, will really... Uh, we've got some flat-footed blokes in our back four, and I think his movement could really scare them. Mm. Mm, yeah, it's going to be tough. It's going to be we, real we, tough. We, we... And Hoffman, like you said, you look at all the quality they've got in their front third, and Hoffman's a bloke that you sort of... Yeah, he, you sort of allow some time and space because he's the least good of them, but he can kill you. And then you've got Ugarkovic yeah. uh, pulling the strings in the midfield. So it, we're going to have to bring our A game. The only thing I think that possibly I'm hoping that they do is uh, get a bit of stage fright in a big game in front of their yeah. fans. I, yeah, I think I'll, they're feeling like they're content just to be there. I'm, mm. I'm glad you brought up the crowd because, look, they will have the emotion of the crowd behind them, but we will also have... We're led to believe something in the vicinity of four thousand, four five thousand, four to five thousand screaming Victorians, um, and and look, I I have no doubt that we will match them for sound because every single Vuck out there that has bought tickets will not stop the ninety minutes. We 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 this will be like the old days, you know, in away trips. If there's a team in the league that's not going to be uh, intimidated by an away crowd, it's the Melbourne Victory. They're that's used right. to playing in front of crowds. That's yeah. that's fine. That's no dramas for a guy like Lee Broxton. How many grand finals has he played in? Mm. Yeah. He's played in. Yeah, and I mean, he's played in five. Yeah. He would have done. Yeah. Huge. Well, he's, played, he's going to be his fifth now because I think he missed out on one of them. Yeah, our boys have been intimidated at Shanghai in front of their full stadiums yeah. and Hulk and Oscar and Elkerson running out of Morgan. I don't think they're going to worry about Joe Champness. Yeah. <sighs> Let's talk about the fun, fun, fun stuff. And that's uh, us going away to Newcastle. We're going to be there for Buck's sake. I think we possibly might do a little bit of video content depending on how we are, how we feel. Yeah, it depends on how fucked up we get, let's yeah. be honest. I've got a few and, ideas. And phones, phones charged. Yeah, yeah, that too. Yeah, I've got a few ideas. So you might see us um, on social media throughout the weekend um, doing a few things. Pre-game, have we got any ideas for pre-game? So I've got a bit of an idea of some pre-pre-drinks. Maybe there's quite a few people that are going to be based in the CBD of Newcastle. And for the uninitiated... The CBD of Newcastle isn't really that close to where the stadium is. So there is an Uber ride or a quick train trip over to Broadmeadow kind of region where McDonald Jones Stadium is. Uh, we're going to be at the Crown and Anchor. I don't know if we'll have the pre-drinks there. I think we probably will because we're lazy. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, we might arrange something there. Keep an eye out on the social media. We'll announce something. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll let you know where you're drinking. If Come you have a, a drink with us. Have a beer with us and uh, cap off what has been an up and down roller coaster season. Final predictions before we go. It's you, ca- you just have to be on the buck, don't you? You just have to be. Buck two one, baby. Yeah, yeah. Yep, two one. Come on, Leroy George for one. Best up, Bruce for one. Oh, oh geez, no, I... David. No, 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 no. Look, I'm I'm backing us to win this. I'm just trying to think of what the scoreline will be. I'm going to say 2-0 to the Vark. Yeah, yeah. And I think the man that we know who loves the big stage, Bessar Barisha, will score both of those goals. One through a pen and one in open play. I'm going to go, it's going to be best one, Costa one, because Costa likes the big stage too, and he's reliable. Can we just uh, dwell on Costa for one moment? If you How have... good has his final series been? Really the good. game against Adelaide, provider of both the goals, his efforts against Sydney FC were remarkable. Obviously, he scored the goal, but he could have scored another one when he hit the, hit the upright as well. And 
Yeah, oh, he's just been an incredible player. When we were talking at the start of the season about how stale it was that we were re-signing former Bucks, I'm so glad we got him back. I was always, just so you know, always, always, always on the Costa train. Go back to okay. the first episode. Always on it. I, I believe you. I was always happy with Costa as well. Always I thought on it. Massive quality. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I'm tipping a 3-2 win to the Vuck. I think that there'll be plenty of goals in this. There's uh, two pretty uh, pretty yep. attacking sides. So I think it'll be free-flowing. Terry Antonis to uh, run 55 metres and then dunk one in the 117th again? <laughs> Possibly. I think <laughs> I think Bessup Barisha will step up again for sure. Um, we'll leave it there. Uh, we'll be back next week, of course. Uh, I'm not too sure. It depends how the heads feel on Monday. Could be could, Tuesday. Yeah, yeah could exactly. Be it could be Wednesday. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> we'll, just, we'll just see how we pull up. Um, yeah, so we'll be back next week. Hopefully, we're talking about a VUC championship. How good would it be after 30 or so episodes to come back and celebrate and very, very unlikely championship? Imagine winning a championship the same season Muskie gets booed at Amy Park. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it'd be the best. Boys, thanks for coming on. An we'll see you next week. Pleasure, mate. And. Uh, Come one last time. Come and drink with us on the weekend. Say hi. Your uh, your support this year has been awesome. Yeah. Get up to Newcastle and Mondavak. Come on, come on. <laughs>